and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like, uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, not touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always becomes supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. Done. We're done. done. Obama! Hey guys, Alex Jones. I just wanted to... Call and leave you damn liberals a message that uh, I really appreciate you talking about the, the problems of us undefeated people in the world. It's a goddamn conspiracy! So, that was a fun message that we got from a listener. Yeah. <laughs> we think we know who you are. I'm pretty Alex sure Jones. I know who It's Alex Jones. Yeah. He's a very, uh, he listens all the time, apparently. All the time. Hates, all the time. Hates the show. He loves well, he the knows, show. He knows that it's a goddamn conspiracy! Yeah. Uh, this is episode 145. Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today Welcome. is Wednesday, February 22. 20. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am Dan Ellis. I'm Ryan Duffy. And I'm Mitchell Matthews. Ah, <laughs> oh, you fucked it up again. <laughs> oh, God damn it! And tonight we have so much, so much stuff. So, so much. Uh, I want to jump right into it after we talk about Ryan got a brand new car. I did get a brand new car. Mm-hmm. Now, I drove about 500 miles and went through one thing of gas instead of three. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, so I, yeah. asked you, I asked you pre-show how big the tank was. You yeah. said, what, 16 but gallons? It's a 16-gallon tank. I got an 18-gallon tank in my car, and I get just a little over 400 miles per tank if okay. I'm not... Getting on the pedal a whole lot. Well, I've got uh, the sport mode or just the eco mode. So if I just been leaving it in the eco mode, it gets really good gas in mileage. E- is it a four banger or six? It's a four cylinder. Mm. But mom, close your ears. <laughs> I did push it to 110 miles an hour on the way home from work today in the desert. It got there really fast. I was like, just hit the gas. I'm like, whoa! I'm at 110. And this is mm. on a brand new. Did they give you any guidelines about keep it at below this speed? No, very. I did. Speeds. I did it once. I just hit it and it just went right back off. Like I know, maybe they don't do that for newer cars. But when I bought a brand new car, yeah, in '94, <laughs> they told me, okay, you know, don't don't set your cruise control for the first five thousand miles. Vary the speed. You know, don't don't try to maintain. A very consistent speed, you know, vary it by at least 10 miles per hour. Well, the guy actually told me, he goes, because he had the same way, he goes, you're going to love this car. Get on the freeway, leave it in cruise control. He goes, you will get over 40 miles a gallon in cruise control. This yeah. is my first day on the job. <laughs> nah. But no, they, there's no, hey, you have to keep it below this. You can't drive above this speed because if I, had, I couldn't drive above a certain speed, I'm like, well, how do I get to work? Because it's 80 miles an hour the whole way there. I yeah. wonder if they finally figured out that cars don't get used to going a certain speed. Yeah. They used also, to say that. You know, I mean, I, I, of course, it was sort of jokingly, <laughs> but kind of like some people 
I think took it seriously. Well, like, you, you get it worn in at that particular yeah, speed, right? Yeah, and then it just it becomes natural. Oh, for yeah, you. this car really loves to go fast. You'll find that out. Yeah, <laughs> what? But also, like driving on I eighty, doing the eighty mile an hour speed limit. I was only doing two thousand RPM the whole time. It's like this is huh? like that's what my other vehicle idled at. Yeah, the Hummer would idle at like two thousand RPM. Well, nice. So, so it's a very good looking car as well. Yeah. Welcome to the land of the. Did Lord we Lewis. already say what you got? No, it's uh, I got a 2017 Nissan Altima. I got the leather seats. Oh my! The heat your butt. What color? Does it have steering wheel? Does it have steering wheel warmer as well? Yeah, it's got the steering wheel uh, warmer in it. Color interior. Uh black. What's your Ooh. license plate number? Doesn't know yet. <laughs> Actually, I do because I keep my same plates. I've had the oh. same plates on my last three vehicles. Yeah. Are they personalized? Or are you just like my that firefighter plate? plates? Oh, okay. It's easier just to keep them than to have to go down and sign all the paperwork again to get them again. Gotcha. Because the dealerships can't give you firefighter license plates. You can only do it with the DMV because they got to prove your. You know, there's a thought that has crossed my mind more than once as I'm tooling down the road and I see somebody with the firefighter plates. Like, has a cop ever pulled you over and gone, hey, buddy, where's the fire? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I have had a cop pull me over and go, hey, what uh, what fire department you work at? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I work up at Hill Air Force Base. All right. So I know you're going a little faster. Have a good day. <laughs> I, I got it. <laughs> but no. Like, no. Hey, no. Uh, sir, what's your emergency? Yeah. <laughs> well, I usually don't, I usually don't speed much. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you said the, the, Driving to work, it's 80 miles an hour the whole way. And it is. And you went 110. Well, no, that wasn't there. That was. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that... the speed limit 80 miles an hour? Yeah. I-80 is 80 miles an hour. Pass, once you get past the airport. Oh, okay. No, you get, oh, so past the airport, it's 75. Then once you get to Tooele, it's 80 miles an hour all the way to the border, Nevada border. Huh. I didn't know that. Probably, yeah. and probably. I haven't traveled on I-80 for quite some time. Yeah, it's 80. That's, that's the, and the speed On the limit. west side of it anyway. 80 yeah. is 80. Yeah, eighty is eighty miles an hour. Once you get to, once you get to Tooele, it's eighty mile an hour speed limit. Hmm. Man, that'd be nice. I used to have to make that drive out to the middle of the fucking West Desert. Oh yeah, uh, there's a hazardous incineration, hazardous waste yeah. incineration plant I worked at out there. Yeah, and yeah, that's so the the car that I mentioned earlier that I bought brand new, I had it for three months. Had been out partying with a bunch of friends. Woke up late, missed my ride share out to work in the West Desert, so I had to drive the whole way yeah. there on like an hour and a half of sleep. And then left work, fell asleep at the wheel, and crashed the car that I bought that was three months old. That sucks. Oh, man. Yeah, it was not a good deal. Yeah, that's the one thing I don't like about a, a car. Uh, I can't see above, above the sagebrush on the side of the road. We're in the Hummer where I sat up nice and high. <laughs> I could see all the cows in the, the mule deer and the antelope. But you feel like you're driving faster, right, playing? now that you're in a Mario Kart? Yeah, but now I can't see all the deer in the antelope because I'm on the same level yeah. as the crap on the side of the road, all the sagebrush and everything other. So I'm like, well, fuck, now I can't see if they're coming. The thing about antelope is they never face the road, ever. I've I've driven all east on I you have too. Yeah. I mean, all the way out to Wisconsin, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. There's huge stretches where you yeah. see pronghorn herds and it's always white butts to the road, no matter what. Well, they did never you say pronghorn herds. Herds. Pronghorn herds. <laughs> did I? Yeah. I think so. Of the cheese kind. What? Pronghorn curds. What else could I have possibly started saying? Pronghorn. Crowds? Crow- yeah, probably crowds. Yeah. 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 yeah cool. Flock of pronghorn. <laughs> yes. Uh, That's my new band. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the uh, but every single one in the cahert has got their butt towards yeah. the highway. <laughs> well, their issue is they're indecisive. 
they don't know which way they want to run when they finally realize a car's coming. Uh. Like, oh, do I want to run off the side of the road or in the middle of the road? Hmm. So I hmm. I slow down for them. Uh, other things that happened during the week were on Saturday, I took my father and my grandmother to go see Elvis Lives. Oh, good. Yeah, that's, that's he, pretty much he, what I thought but before the show. But it was the show was the show was good. the The Elvis impersonators were really good. But what all made it worth it was just watching my tiny little LDS grandmother's reaction to him dancing and yeah. everything. She's like Elvis is her favorite musician of all time. One of her, not one of her. He is her biggest heroes, and like she has Elvis everything. For any holiday or her birthday, she gets a ton of Elvis stuff. She saw him twice in concert when she was younger. And just watching her reactions, like my little 70-year-old grandmother, 70-plus years old Mm -hmm. grandmother, looked like she was 16 or 17 again, just sitting in the crowd, like putting her hands together and just like gasping and squealing. And yeah, it was was a lot of fun watching her reaction. Uh, Sunday, we had Shalice Blythe from the Satanic Temple come and speak at the atheists of utah uh monthly brunch yeah and that was awesome shalice is always very cool and mr studahan was there and i got to meet yeah. him in person so that was cool oh awesome um she gave a great presentation Stu stood up and explained uh one of the things during the middle of it really really nice guy uh enjoyed enjoyed seeing both of them and meeting Stu for the first time um, they got a lot of great shit going on. We may actually cover a couple stories from the Satanic Temple tonight if we have time, but there's so much shit going on. So much stuff. We do, we do have an extended Patreon show for those of you who are Patreon patrons. And we appreciate all of you for doing that. We'll yes. give our thanks to you individually later in the show. How extended was the last week's Patreon show? We so our time management wasn't fantastic last week because <laughs> well, I, I mean, kept fucking up on the timer. We already <laughs> but, we already do a show regularly that's half or so the length of a dogma debate. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the Patreon stuff I think was an extra thirty five forty minutes last mm. week. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. And it was stuff like I had to, I had to trim stuff out of the regular episode that I ordinarily would not have trimmed out. Mm. But, uh, so I had to, I had to find a segment where we didn't really tie anything into the, anything previously or later yeah, and just yeah. like in the middle of the show, cut that out and, and drop it in. It's kind of a trip editing for two different shows now, basically. After we finish recording, I go and listen to the entire show, trim the trim the front and ass off of each segment that we do. You said ass. Make sure make sure all the sound is good in all the things, level it all out, compress it all so we're not really soft and we're not really quiet and normalize it, amplify the volume, all that kind of shit. But then I also have to go through decide what drops to put in there, where to put yeah. them in, you know, the the shit that we get from Meg. The mm-hmm. transitions and everything because yeah, they've shit. got the <laughs> <laughs> that cohort of shit we got from because, Meg <laughs> because I because we got the the theme music yeah fading in and out at the end of those you know I've got to got to slide those around and make sure that they blend into what was before and after and do all of that and then once I get all of that done that's the regular Patreon show. Then I have to go back through and decide, okay, well, I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to trim this big section out of this segment that we did. So it's kind of a trip, but it's, it's 
kind of cool too because I think it still seems fairly seamless for both yeah listeners of the regular show and the Patreon thing. Hopefully nobody's noticed a big shift either way. If you have, let me know. And if I fuck up somewhere, please let me know too because I would like to fix it. So well, for our normal non-Patreon podcast, we're trying to give them an, a, a normalized like, oh, you know you're getting two hours. Yeah. So it's not like they're going to go on and be like, well, fuck, I don't want to listen to a three-hour podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And then so. the Patreon people who are big fans of the show and support us financially, yeah. then they get a little extra. Yeah. And hopefully they're enjoying that stuff. And and I put in like extended outtake stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that generally, I don't know why, it usually ends up being Ryan saying something. I, that's why I knew him. Like, it's probably me. I, I, I fuck shit up all the time. <laughs> uh, but uh, we, so we played that voicemail. We've had a ton, a ton of feedback lately. Yeah. I don't know what it, we've had a shit ton of feedback lately, both in email, uh, posts and comments to the page, messages to the page, uh, messages to me personally on Facebook, tweets at us. And I've had a ton of Facebook friend requests lately. Hmm. And yeah, I think some of them are just trying to get me to go to a site where I watch them do naughty things. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of them, when I look at the new friend requests, yeah. uh, and try to do a little bit of vetting to make sure it's not just a spam bot or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the thing I look at generally is other friends that I have in common with them. And for most of my most recent friend requests for people that I don't know in real life otherwise, uh, I look at their other friends and they're all other podcasters. Yeah. So I can only imagine it's because they've listened to the show. And so awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, feel free to send me a, a Facebook friend request if you have not done so yet. I'll probably happily agree if, if I can determine that you are not a spam bot. Um, but yeah, tons and tons of feedback that I wanted to get through a whole lot of tonight. So let's start let's, with that, shall we? Let's do it. Oh. I was going to say, oh. the message that we got earlier was left at our number. Yes. If anybody else would like to call and leave us a message or send us a text message, you can do so at 33081-REBEL. Hello. And I can't remember what the numbers are off the top of my head right now, but... Uh, R... <laughs> 3235. R-E-B-E... 3385 Okay. Is that it? Oh, yeah. It's up on the page there. We're looking right at it. <laughs> I haven't posted it on the monitor. I can't remember what it is, but uh, let's try to make a guess. Uh, I'll just apologize. <laughs> let's get to some uh, more feedback. We're smart. <laughs> Please stand by. The Godless Revolution will continue in a moment. Here follows a public service announcement for the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast. <laughs> Greetings, Americans. Over here in London, we are well aware that not all of you are loud, xenophobic, racist, sexist, religious nuts. But many of your politicians who display these frightful traits seem to be quite popular. Particularly a certain wall-obsessed, small-handed, best word-using, daughter-perving, war-inciting, candy-floss-headed clown. To those of you who choose to follow such balderdash, we strongly recommend not to listen to the two sceptical chaps. It probably won't be your cup of tea. Otherwise, give us a listen. Each episode, we cover any news or current affairs from across the globe. Things that annoy or delight us. That's two, as in the number two. And sceptical with a K. The wrong way to spell it. Cheerio! This is from the mouth of Lucifer. First up, we have a message from, well, shit, let me go back here a little bit. 
Yeah, we got bad at at responding for a little bit there. So this message came to us from listener Stephanie, and she sent us a Facebook message to our page. She says that I absolutely love your pub pubcast. <laughs> I wish it was a pubcast. Yeah, hell yeah! I only had one beer before we started recording. I don't know, Scott. <sighs> well, that's pubcasty enough. <laughs> Although uh, you did say podcast, really? Yeah, I did say podcast. I absolutely love your podcast. It shines a bright light in my dreary working life. Mm. I do have a question. How do you counter the argument where atheists make the claim that there is no history of atheists killing others for countering their belief? Mm. I ask this because it is apparent that no matter what type of government that is in place, theology or lack of, it is intermixed with politics. For example, communism in the USSR. Mm -hmm. Stalin killed far more people than the Nazis. Mm -hmm. This included religious groups. Mm -hmm. These groups included those who opposed the anti-theist position of the government. Let's also include Gina. Oh, Gina. <laughs> and she says, Gina. I'm curious. Gina. I'm curious on how to counter an argument slash discussion when approaching said discussion. In other words, making the claim that those who belong to the group that lack faith and making an overgeneralization are the only guiltless group in the anti slash pro theistic sphere. Sorry, probably stupid. Probably a stupid question. No, it is not a stupid question. It, it absolutely is not. Uh, and then she continues and says, "I might mention that I grew up Mormon in Provo." Ooh, mm -hmm. that's scary. I hear you. My parents met at BYU. I live in Arizona now, but the next part of my childhood was in Utah. I'm out of that church and am now an atheist. I resigned years ago. Yay! As I said before, your podcast is amaze balls. Thank you very much. <laughs> You guys mentioning places I went to as a child is nostalgic. I would love to live there again, but my boyfriend has an allergy <laughs> to snow and Mormons. <laughs> yeah, so actually I responded to this message a while ago saying that I would find an episode where I did a bit on this specific issue and have still not been able to find it. So I apologize for that. I will briefly cover what I said um, now. And that is that what you often hear is that, well, you know, Hitler and Stalin and, you know, whoever else all had, they both had all mustaches hot. too. So, you know, what, what does that matter? Um, but to take that a step further is that Hitler was almost certainly not an atheist. Stalin almost certainly was. Pol Pot almost certainly was. Mao definitely was. And those guys killed a ton of people. Mm -hmm. Can, can you, can you lay all of those deaths at the feet of atheism? No. no. No, it wasn't it wasn't their atheism that motivated them to do these things. Right. So atheism is simply a lack of a belief in God or gods. Yeah, they didn't they didn't commit these acts and say, "I'm doing this in the name of atheism. You you believers need to be put to death." It wasn't any of that. It was it was political ambition. It was yeah. it was naked ambition and assholery. Yeah, and even if they had said those words, that's still not because of atheism per se, because my argument is that you have to add something to atheism. So atheism atheism is negating the claim. It's negating the claim. So in order to act in any in some way, you have to add something to it. Yeah. In the case of Stalin, Mao, Pol Pot, all those guys, you've added common communism and dictatorships. Which is the big one. Communism yeah. in itself isn't necessarily evil either, but dictatorships 
are very sketchy because it depends high, you know, hugely on who's in charge, who's controlling yeah, all of these resources for, from communism. And if you, if you have a guy who's psychopathic, which I'm sure all three of those were, then you have those mental issues. So now you've added major things. You've got a dictator who's a psychopath who's got these personal ambitions. You know, he's got these very specific ideas about what he thinks the world should be and, you know, what's right. You've added all these other things that are now coming into, you know, what about Idi Amin in Uganda? He was a Christian or Muslim. He's a Muslim. And he killed 400,000 Ugandans in the 70s. Uh, did he do that because he's a Muslim? No, he's a fucking psychopath, crazy dictator mm-hmm. that that had all this control and was able to, uh, you know, I mean, so anyway, point is atheism is negating something in order to murder tons of people. You have to add something to what you're doing to to get to that point. So if anyone says someone does it because of atheism, they don't understand it. That's sort of the short of it in a really sloppy way. And at the same time, I hope that helps. We can't when people say, "Well, modern wars." Well, it's a Christian war, all kind of stuff. Like, well, no, you can't really say that either because it's not. Now, if you go to like the Crusades, I could say you definitely say, "Yeah, that was a Christian war, and there was a Christian mentality for that." The shit that ISIS is doing right now, where it's killing Christians, gays, non—you know—practicing Muslims, not practicing the right form of uh, the culture. Yeah, that's definitely a religious-driven, uh, genocidal fuckery. Yeah, and well, we hear all the time people saying that, well, it's not really their religion that's driving them. It's it's the political climate that they're in. It's economics. It's all this other stuff. Completely ignoring what the people committing these acts themselves are saying is their primary motivation. Well, and here's the difference, too. If you take a psychopathic dictator that's in charge and you add religion, you're adding something that's not the same as – Atheism, which is taking something away, you're actually adding a mm-hmm. book that tells you here's these certain things that you can carry out. And if they happen to follow that, yes, it is the fault of the religion, at least partly. Mm-hmm. And I but, often, but with atheism, it doesn't work that way. Sorry. I know it seems like it seems like it's a one way street, but yeah, it kind of is. And I often wonder with some of these dictators like with uh, Kim Jong-un and that whole lineage where they feel they're godlike. They are a god. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I haven't read a whole lot on Pol Pot and Mao and them, but I wonder if they have the same mentality as a dictator being the ruler of that place. Like, no, I am God. I am your God. That's who I am. There, no, no, no Christian God. None of that. You know, all those religions are bullshit because I am God. Yeah, I think I think it's narcissism. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that goes along with psychopathy in any way. I mean, someone who's going to genocide a bunch of people is almost certainly a psychopath and psychopaths almost usually almost always have narcissistic personality disorder as well. So which is that godlike figure. So we can Donald Trump. Yeah. We we can trace this all back to God being a narcissistic psychopath. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Who absolutely who who has to have everybody worship him. Him. Make yourselves his slave. Yep. Yeah. Because he loves you. (laughs) Yeah, because he loves you. And then when he don't do what he wants, he kills you or condemns you or Right, but those are just the words he's saying to manipulate you. What, yeah. what he really wants is worship me because you yeah. love me. That's what he really wants. I wish I had it written down, but I love that analogy. I can't remember if it's a comedian or Richard Dawkins or one of them that did it where it was the uh, the guy asking you to come see what's in his basement. Oh, uh, is that Barker? Say what now? Like if you have a guy, like you're walking down the street and there's a guy standing in front of his house. Right? I'm like, hey, come here. Come here. I need you to do something for me. Uh-huh. 
uh, I need you to, you know, worship me and do all this. And I'll, I'll give you a good prize. If you do, if you don't, I'm going to shove you in my fucking basement. Mm. Oh yeah. I think that's Dan Barker. I could be wrong. Oh, who basically made that analogy? Mm. The the story when he does, it's way better. He goes way into more detail and more colorful with it, but it yeah. was, he's a, a good storyteller. Good yeah. Yeah. I, that sounds, yeah. I think, I think Barker's probably, I think you saying Barker's probably correct. That's, that's ringing a very small bell in my memory. But I oh, maybe it was sure. Pavlov. Oh, oh yeah. I'll, oh, yes. If it's ringing bells, is it dinner? What's dinner? <laughs> my lips are wet. I'm really <laughs> drooling all over yeah. myself. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, <laughs> so, I like that you guys both yes ended my terrible fucking pun. <laughs> so thank you very much for that feedback, Stephanie. Hopefully that answers your question. If you have any more questions, be sure to let us know. Anybody else out there can do the same by sending us an email at Godless Revolution godlessrevolution at gmail.com or tweeting at us or posting out on our Facebook page or sending a mes- sending us a message through Whoa. the Facebook page. We are the atheist coherd. I can I can speak good. <laughs> I could speak. We're all having trouble tonight. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got a message from listener Mark Armstrong who says, Ooh, your Christian Trump voter was priceless. I'm personally totally agnostic, so I have no belief or expectation of an interventionist God. I have, for example, never sworn on a Bible or other book. Both my brothers are churchgoers, as is my mum and my dad was a Mason. Wait, this guy so must be British. Must be British. Is he a deist? Uh, or he says he's agnostic. A to- he's totally agnostic, which totally agnostic. is interesting. Okay. Well, he has no belief. In an interventionist God, yeah. 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 All right, all right, anyway. Okay. Uh, My exposure to Mormonism is mostly via your podcast, although I do bump into white shirts occasionally. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) And and treat them a bit like Jehovah's Witnesses. Sure. I do find the Masonic references in the rituals amusing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the central tenet of the Masons is that there is a great architect. Perhaps this is one of the ideological foundations of intelligent design. Mm Mm-hmm. According to my father, that's why there are Masons of many faiths. Right. That although, is why, yeah. Although most are white Christian males. White. White. Indeed. As usual, enjoy the show. And yes, my children are all vaccinated. Thank you. And I've also eaten lots of apple seeds in my life to no visible effect on my health. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> well. He's tempting fate. Good on there. you, mate. Where is he from? <laughs> He's British, right? That was. Per- I, I think I nailed so. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he's. Yeah. I think he's in England. Yeah. Oh yeah, then I totally nailed yeah, it. He heard about us through the uh, two skeptical chaps. Oh, the skeppy chappies. All right. Love those guys. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Uh, we have another message from Ms. Ali Unsworth. She says <laughs> she she sent us a message quite a while back. Well, um, you want to read the other part first? Uh, other part of what? <laughs> oh, nothing. Oh, the, you 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 want me to read the most important part? Okay, I'll just I'll just skip to the most important part of Allie's message to us, which was it's a it it she replies to something that I had sent her, and she says, "Awesome, I'm listening to some of the older podcasts and still just cracking up and learning so much." I have to admit. Ryan is my favorite. I'm everyone's favorite. Uh, <laughs> because I was a not according to my messages. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> because I was a 911 dispatcher for almost 10 years, so I can relate. Smiley yeah. face. Y'all uh, have a great day. Awesome. See. 
I'm the ones the fans come to see. To, not to see, but to listen to this show. For. Thank you, Allie. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for your service as a dispatcher. That's a rough job. Oh, I, man. I, I've been stuck in uh, Dispatch Center before, and I absolutely oh, did man. not like it. There's there's a huge turnover rate in dispatchers because- Dude, it's brutal. Yeah. I mean, they get the worst calls all day long. That's that's what they deal with, is the worst of humanity all day. I've, yeah, listened, I've no. listened to a few- 911 calls and man just imagine having a mother freaking out that their child isn't breathing and then trying to yeah. calm them down and figure out okay where do we need to send people calm yeah. down hey can you check this can you do this can you do this can you do this mm-hmm. you know check this and while well, at the same time that mother is freaking out right and trying to get them to calm and, down and they and they really they seem to not be able to understand that units are already Dispatched on the way, but you, but know, you still the, need to get the basic information. You got to no, find no. Out I know, but like every where are the, we but going? The callers are always like, you need to send someone, and they're like, yeah. they're on their way. Yeah, yeah. of course. I we mean, did time that. for them is going to take forever. Yeah, when the yeah. reality from the time they call to the time you get there yeah. is hopefully only within five five minutes, depending on if you live in a major city or where you're at. But yeah, real tough job. Yeah, um, we have received a whole bunch of other information from people uh listener scott dillenbeck sent us a message and said hey guys just wanted to give you a heads up on something that's been happening on the ex jehovah witness subreddit Hmm. i think the story goes like this recently one of their elders gave a talk similar to the mormons where will you go speech stating when people leave their religion they aren't happy Uh. the xj dubs have started posting selfies showing how happy they are (laughs) after leaving Sometimes along with their stories. Thought awesome. you guys might enjoy it and possibly be a happy note for the show. Thanks for having a great show that helps me get through the anger phase that comes with leaving a religion. Keep ah. up the good work. Now think- you're talking my language, Scott. <laughs> All right. I think people need to do more of that, not not necessarily in an antagonistic way, but when some people are coming out and making messages yes. like, Antagonize. Oh, people that leave religion are so depressed and miserable yeah. and it's like, hey, look. I'm having a fucking great oh, life. Oh, dude, you know what? It changed my life. I mean, as as nasty and negative as I am now, you should have fucking seen me before. <laughs> yeah. He, he fucking hated atheists. <laughs> hey, I can't help it. My blood types be negative. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, all, right, all right, I'll show myself <laughs> out. <laughs> I'll show myself uh. out. Uh, we also got a message from listener Christy. She says, hi, guys. Just became a patron. Yay. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very, very much. Thought a pledge would go nicely with a thank you to you all. I live in southern Utah and can't thank you and can't thank you enough for bringing some sanity to this state, especially in Trump America. I just threw up a little. (laughs) Seriously, you do great work, and I can't tell you how much listening to you helps me get through the day sometimes. By the way, I also like the fact that you don't all agree sometimes, and it isn't just a big circle jerk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thanks again. Well, you should see the videos. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be messy when we have to... Well, it'll be less messy in here, anyway. Well, I mean, there's a reason why this room looks like Dexter's, like, kill room. With the plastic yeah, sheeting yeah. and we tape. Just, we just or... change it out monthly. Don't shine a black light in here. No. Yeah. <laughs> and the smell's getting a little funky. I think it smells delightful in here. Mm-hmm. I, I have been eating more pineapple. Actually, one of my favorite things is coming in here because it smells like it smells like vape. Well, no, like usually it smells like like a like a hint of stale beer. <laughs> but oh. it's I love it I, because because you know mm-hmm. we've well, I was just I was just trying to make a joke that the room's covered in jizz and it's starting to smell bad. Oh, 
Starting to smell a little bit like bleach and shrimp. Yeah. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Uh, I think that about wraps it up for listener feedback this week. There, there are a bunch more messages that we got uh, from people suggesting articles uh, and, and pointing us in the direction of other stories and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, of course, love those and love hearing from our listeners what types of stories that you would like us to cover. So please keep sending those in. Uh, we have used several of them in the past and we'll continue to yeah. do so. You guys, you guys, you know, having, having a, a large audience who can send us more stuff, of course, lets us know what people are interested in and, right. and informs us, informs us of stuff that we may not know is going on. And, and when you send us it, we'll give you credit. Yes, absolutely. So thank you all very much for doing that. I want to move on to something else that we got from another listener. Okay. Let's do that in just a second. Yes. This is Matt Dillahunty, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Hey, everybody. This is X. And I'm Kyle. And I'm Felicia. We're the Utah Outcasts. Three out, unashamed, and active atheists living in Utah. And we are personally inviting you to let us love your ears each and every week. As we take the news, current events, and pop culture and give it a little twist... A love twist with consent. And we'll be joined each week by a special guest to tell us what makes them an outcast like us. Come find us. The Utah Outcasts. On PodHell.com, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And on UtahOutcast.com. We finally bought that domain off the kids handing out mixtapes in the mall. Come be an outcast with us. Take care of yourselves out there. Bonne nuit. And you're welcome. Looking at two state and one state, and I like the one that both parties like. I'm very happy with the one that both parties like. I can live with either one. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. You both remember, because you were here. Hopefully, well, I would guess you remember. We talked about, well, I talked about going to Darwin Day. <laughs> yeah. We had a discussion about I Darwin remember. Day. Uh-huh. Ah, remember that? Remember that? Remember that one time we talked about Darwin Days? Remember? I remember that. Matt doesn't watch South Park. He's looking at us <laughs> all oh. like, what's going on here? Okay. He's <laughs> like, what the fuck? Why do they? <laughs> so I, I, I mentioned- from from Ryan, I expect that, but I was like, there must be some something you're missing. Get they're doing or something. <laughs> we, anyway. we we rehearsed it while you were in the bathroom. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Dar- uh, anyway, Darwin Day, yeah. No, I'm Darwin Day. Yeah, I know what you I guys remember that. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, uh, listener and patron of the show and uh, special guest that we've had on the show several times, uh, Mr. Taylor Grin, sent us this message. Uh says that in your last episode, Dan talked about going to a Darwin Day symposium and you guys discussed a great question about how to persuade people who are thoroughly entrenched in their worldviews. As a communications undergraduate at Dixie State University, I studied interpersonal communication, psychology emphasizing cognition, and philosophy emphasizing formal logic. Persuasion science has been one of my main areas of focus and research for the better part of my adult life. I wanted to highlight some reasons people tend to sink into their worldviews, how their worldviews change what facts are acceptable to them, and then provide a technique for persuading people in everyday conversation. And I read this earlier. He sent it to us a couple days ago. Yeah. I've been very busy and told him I would look at it, and I did, and I think it's fantastic. Well, you didn't read the end of it. so I want to share it with everybody. Waterboarding. I'm just telling you why. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Starts with part one, cognitive biases. 
or biases. biases. But, yeah. You could have more than one. <laughs> Salience bias, or as I call it, prominence bias, describes how people tend to weigh the most prominent and vibrant information more heavily than competing information. Imagine you're a conservative listening to a talk show. A news story breaks out about a terrorist attack in France. Immediately, the host assumes the attacker was a Muslim and pivots to a rant on radical Islamic extremism. You get home and the story is on Fox News where a panel of talking heads ponder why America isn't doing more about the Muslim problem. And then Bill O'Reilly spends a significant portion of his nightly segment covering it too. By the time you go to bed, this is the most prominent issue in your mind. The topic dominates the weekly news cycle, and by the end of it, you will think radical Islamic extremism is the end of a civilization. Just by listening to this example, you may find yourself raising the prominence of the perceived threat, even if you normally find it absurd. That's how powerful prominence bias is. Mm. But you can use prominence bias to your advantage. Because news moves in cycles, different mm -hmm. issues will be more prominent in the minds of your conservative friends, family, and coworkers. If you are aware of the prominent topics in conservative media, you will be able to prepare and focus on that topic rather than feeling like you have to be able to debate any topic anytime. Ah. And I thought that was fantastic advice. Uh, I, in messaging Taylor earlier, I told him that I've kind of been doing that anyway without realizing what I was doing because I watch Fox News Sunday every week just so that I know what the Republican talking points are going to be throughout the week. Yeah. You know, they, they trot out the Kellyanne Conway's, Sean Spicer's, Reince Priebus's, and all of the other dipshits of the world to, to put forward what, what they want as their, their mm -hmm. propaganda lines f to be talked about for the rest of the week. That's where I'll, I'll quite often, cause every hour the news cycle's pretty much the same in the mornings. You're not getting, unless something's breaking news, something new happens, you're gonna be able to say talking things every hour. Mm -hmm. So I'll shuffle between them sometimes, like I'm like, I'll watch CNN, then I'll watch, uh, uh, Fox and I'll watch MSNBC and I'll see the different perspectives being put on. I know two of them are more liberal. Mm -hmm. I think CNN sometimes follows a little bit more middle of the road more than MSNBC is more. Yeah, I think on the spectrum you'd have Fox at the far right end, MSNBC at the left yeah, end, and unless CNN falling somewhere in the middle there, leaning a bit left. They're, they're yeah, definitely left leaning. Yeah, unless but... like me, and I've been tricked because I I often check MSNBC's homepage for breaking news or whatever, and I look up clips of Rachel Maddow, right? And sometimes I'll let YouTube play through, and I've been tricked a few times recently, this week especially, and it'll just start shuffling through, and it'll go to Morning Joe. And that fucking guy, <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> he's Yeah, he drives He's on MSNBC, up. but he's, yeah. he's I don't, every time that comes on, I'm just like, God, either let fucking Mika speak or get the fuck off my mm -hmm. computer. <laughs> So but, I don't ever listen to that asshole, but he, is, he's conservative, yeah, he right? Is oh, he, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Time. All right. So, But I just like to see it for the different talking points and see where the talking points are at and maybe getting more more sources into my brain mm -hmm. when talking about something. Yeah. Well, and, and like Taylor mentioned, it's good to know what is yeah. the dominant news story that's going around so that you can prepare yourself to talk about that mm -hmm. versus feeling like you have to be prepared to talk about anything and everything mm -hmm. under the sun. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, moving on, he says, confirmation bias is an explanation for the way people like to take in information that confirms what they already believe. Cognitive dissonance describes discounting information that conflicts with their perceived worldview. Finally, motivated reasoning describes how people readily accept preferred ideas and subject oppositional ideas to higher scrutiny. Mm -hmm. Take anti-vaxxers as an example. 
They look for evidence that supports their view, confirmation bias, while rejecting the overwhelming body of research that shows vaccinations are safe, cognitive dissonance. When they encounter evidential claims, they readily accept mommy blogs or David Avocado Wolf <laughs> while using hyper-scrutiny on FDA and university studies, motivated reasoning. Huh. The persuasion technique that he describes later in this that he, that he sent to us will enable you to overcome or sidestep these biases. Yeah, that's where I had a, a buddy that when we were talking about like legalizing medical marijuana, he's like, well, there's not enough, not enough studies done, not enough tests on it and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, they've got colleges in California doing tests on these. Well, that, those are liberal colleges. I won't accept anything from them. <laughs> what do liberals know? They've only learned shit. And that's yeah. where it's like dummies. It's either <laughs> you read it and decide, oh, this doesn't make sense to me, or you can read it and be like, oh, no, okay, I, I get where they're going with this instead of going, well, it's liberal. So automatically it's going to be pro marijuana. Yeah, I I think that's a fallacy in itself. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't think of the. I can't either. The name of the fallacy, but yeah, I, I hear that even from people on the left. I'll post something from Fox News or from Breitbart that is is from those sources when I post it. Yes, but it's been corroborated across a, a section of other news sources as well. Yeah, and. Right out of the gate before anybody even reads a fucking thing, they'll see that it's from Fox or Breitbart or yeah. wherever, you know, depending on which side of the spectrum they're on, yeah. mm -hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll and, instantly post a comment. Oh, this is from so and so. I'm not even going to read that garbage. Yeah. Well, and the thing, the thing is that, and I'm guilty of this, that I think a lot of liberals, uh, well, I mean, of course, Republicans too, but specifically with Fox News, like say, say that like 46% of everything they report on is either partly or entirely false. Well, that still means there's 54% that isn't. Yeah. 54% of what Fox News reports is true. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but I'm guilty of also seeing Fox and being like, nope, fuck those guys. <laughs> well, I'm guilty of it to some extent as well. But generally speaking, I'll at least read the article. I mean, if it's something that piques my interest, at least I'll read the article before I make a fucking comment about it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that drives me fucking nuts. Uh, yeah. I still hate it when you get stuff on Fox News like, well, people are saying or I really think it's like, no, now you're doing an opinion based thing. Yeah, this isn't you're not reporting news. You're report, you're reporting your mm -hmm. opinion on this. So this is bullshit. Yeah, which I don't like. They all do it. And I hate it when they do it and make it an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, a lot of that comes from the the radio talk shows and the and the regular news talk shows yeah. that they've turned they've turned reporting into entertainment it's yeah. it's yeah you know you the bill o'reilly even Ra yeah. rachel maddow chris at least with uh, so, like some of the like chris when, Hayes, when rachel know. maddow does her like in-depth stuff she's citing like oh here's this from according to this yeah this she'll study name sources and she, and yeah but but and and i don't mean to pick on them individually because yeah. you've got O'Reilly and Hannity and Limbaugh and yeah, all of these way other, worse, yeah, yeah the, all of these other people who inject just a tiny bit of truth into what they're saying and then stretch it out to infinity, like Milo Yiannopoulos, yeah, <laughs> who, yay, fuck that guy, so much Schadenfreude <laughs> over the past couple days. <laughs> that sounded really awesome for people who don't know, uh, who don't know, yay, who, fuck that guy, <laughs> who don't know Milo Yiannopoulos. And what happened. But anyway, let's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll talk about him later. I don't think we have time. Uh, part two, moral foundation theory. Moral foundation theory provides insight into how persuasion works. Researchers found that people contextualize values along five ba basic axes. Harm slash care, fairness slash reciprocity, 
in-group slash loyalty, mm. authority slash respect, and sanctity slash purity. Mm. Studies show liberals value prevention of harm and fairness, while conservatives value in-group loyalty, respect for authority, and sanctity. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, each group is unpersuaded by appeals to the other group's preferred virtues. Right. Right. So when Republicans try to say, well, we need we need good, clean, biblical morals about sex, liber- liberals are like, that fucking makes fuck no sense. What are you talking sense. about? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's not something we value. Like, like it's called yeah. sexual education. Yeah. Right. But, well, and then that, that plays against liberals' bias toward fairness and equality. Like, you exactly. Can't, you can't. Say that a certain group of people can't act in, in a way that is natural to them. Well, that's, it, unfa- it, that's it, inherently unfair. And it also plays against liberals' uh, idea of prevention of harm. Right. So it's talking cross purposes. Yeah. Presenting a policy issue in favorable moral language can persuade a person who would normally oppose that policy stance. For example, when presented an argument for English as the national language in prevention of harm terms, Quote, if everyone speaks English, no one can be taken advantage of for lack of understanding, end quote. Liberals tended to agree. Mm. When conservatives saw the ACA, Obamacare, as a means of purity, quote, we need to eliminate sickness in the nation, end quote, they tended to get on board. Finally, despite how ineffective it is, liberals and conservatives almost always argue using their moral values, not their opponents. Right. Without knowing it, in 1996, Newt Gingrich weaponized moral foundation theory in his Go Pack memo. <laughs> Included in the memo was a list of optimistic, positive, governing words and contrasting words, thus codifying appeals to fellow conservatives with language that appealed to their preferred virtues. In order to be persuasive, we need to speak their language. Hmm. Agreed. Yeah, it's hard. I don't speak dumb shit. Very I was going to say we're going to have to cut like ten thousand <laughs> words out of our vocabulary, <laughs> including vocabulary, <laughs> and ten thousand. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. Part three: persuasion technique. So you found yourself in an argument with Damp. I imagine that he's speaking to me here in this yep. in this portion of what he wrote to us. He argues that Trump's wall is a good idea. You argue that the Mexicans will just start using Trojan pinatas, and by the end of lunch, he smugly <laughs> countered your data with alternative facts, and you're exasperated. You lost because you thought data alone would persuade him. <laughs> you need to get him to define core values, find or create mutual ground, present an alternative using his moral foundational virtues, and then pivot to accurate information delivered in that context. Step one. The Socratic method is a fantastic starting point. It's what I generally try to start with. Early in your conversation with a conservative, get him to identify or define his point of view. Get him to reduce his points to their simplest form and identify his moral foundation, his moral foundation value for the position. Stay on topic. You're not arguing his whole platform, just this issue. Step two. Once you've defined their views, you have the raw resources you need. Using their core arguments, Frame that argument using their moral values. Quote, you want to keep illegal immigrants out of America because their culture is different from ours, right? Confirms purity context. Or, you're okay with immigration, but only if they follow the law, right? Confirms authority context. Right. Next, you briefly explore the unintended or inconvenient consequences of their policy position. If you're not careful here, confirmation bias and cognitive dissonance will just make them dig their heels in. Your real purpose here is to create just enough doubt to establish a stepping-off point to step three, not to score points. Right. Step three, reframing. 
Research shows that while data isn't persuasive, alternative policy positions are. You need to provide an alternative poly- policy position. Quote, I agree with you. We have to enforce the law. The problem is we rely on migrant workers for harvesting our crops cheaply, and there are simply too many undocumented immigrants and not enough ICE agents. Can we agree that we need a new law that provides a path to citizenship as long as they pay back taxes? Oh, and by the way, many of them do already. Here you've proposed an alternative policy that fits into their worldview, respect for authority, without triggering their cognitive dissonance. You have established common ground. You're not an opponent, but an ally working together to find a practical solution to a mutually identified problem. Once you've reframed the argument that way, they become open to information they previously wouldn't have been, which is why the example leads into a conversation about the fact that undocumented migrants, by and large, do pay taxes. Yeah, which I think is what people skip over because I hate when people go, they're just coming here and using our system and collecting welfare checks. I'm like, well, they can't. And really, voting illegally. They can't vote. <laughs> they, they can't collect welfare checks. And they can't get a tax return, even though they're well below the poverty line and can get all that money back. But since they're not legal, they cannot legally claim that money. And they won't be collecting any Social Security that they're paying no. into. I think that I think those are all really great and fascinating points. I'm I think they'd work amazingly well for people a few IQ points above damp, but I still take the <laughs> the, the, the the example was it was funny anyway. Yeah. Well, I've actually had that argument with people before and they've said, "Yeah, maybe our immigration laws are too stringent and it does take too long for people who are good upstanding citizens to get citizenship in this country." Mhm. I'm like, if people that are desperate to come here, if it takes them five years to get, become a citizen, they're going to say, fuck that and just jump the border and try to be in America that way. Like, why would they? Well, and they, and I mean, by and large, the number of people who come here illegally or, or are undocumented yeah. immigrants to the United States don't commit crimes because they don't want to bring attention to themselves yeah. because they don't want to be deported. Yeah, sure. They came here because they don't want to go back to where they came from. I mean, that's the whole point. So most of them lay low. Or at least what, do it on their terms. Yeah, and yeah. what is really sad about that is that they're often then the victims of crime because yes. because uh, predators know, hey, I can go and fuck with these people yeah. and they're not going to report they're it to far less What likely, are they going to do, yeah. call the cops? And yeah. be deported? Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, that goes as, as landlords, uh, their bosses, right. you know, making them work slave labor. Right, right. Taking having advantage landlords of them, yeah. being like, oh, sorry, your water's cut off. And they can't do shit about it because they know if they call the cops, if they what go are to you gonna file do? a call complaint, the police? Yeah. that they are getting deported. Yeah. Uh, conclusion. Reiterating the technique. Define the core of the topic and the values of the conservative you're speaking with. If they value purity, use purity language. Next, find common ground. Acknowledge the issue as a problem, but highlight the issues with their policy on solving the problem. Offer an alternative policy position using their moral language. Finally, pivot to accurate data to counter their inaccurate data as the two of you tackle the issue as allies, not enemies. Remember that prominence bias can be useful for you to anticipate which issues will be on your conservative friends' minds. Prepare accordingly. Remember, the people will will more highly scrutinize information from disconfirming resources and will prefer their own worldview and reject worldviews that conflict with theirs. Reframing and contextualizing are key. Mass communication media will not solve the problem of alternative facts or fake news. (laughs) 
It is up to you to address these modes of thinking in your everyday interactions with friends, family, and coworkers. Using a researched, prepared persuasion technique, you can cut through the cognitive biases your opponent has and create real changes to the way they think. More information, including a dictionary of moral foundation charged language, can be found at www.moralfoundations.org. Very cool. Very good. Super interesting. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Thank you so much for sending that in, Taylor. Now I don't have to book that other guy as a guest. So, <laughs> <laughs> so nice to have educated people on the liberal side. The next rant will start right after this. A presidential press conference elicited the same reaction you get from people who just watched someone shoot fireworks out of his ass. <laughs> Which, when you think about it, is actually fitting. Because whenever Trump speaks, what is it essentially other than just random sparks and flames sputtering noisily out of a damaged arsehole? Tonight, we will be starting a new recurring segment called Know Thine Enemy. <laughs> And it struck me because <laughs> what's what's so goddamn wait, funny? Wait, wait, Dan, 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 just, just wait, hold I'm on, sorry. Matt, hold on. Let Dan I'm do sorry. that. Just just do that again, real real quick. Do it again. No, thine enemy. That's better. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell you were trying to do that, and then after it was like, <laughs> that's what I was laughing at. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, thine enemy. <laughs> um. But it hit me when we first played a segment from Dave Dobbenmeyer mm -hmm. two episodes ago. <sighs> and Matt was well, like, he was what on... the fuck is this guy? What a fucking, fucking cross on his hat, fucking <laughs> yeah. goatee having motherfucker. Cross on <laughs> I think hat. Yeah. We, we played uh, some from him yeah. last week as well. I think that was uh -huh. in, the, in the Patreon-only part of it. But yeah, we've talked about him two weeks in a row. And yeah. like, we're like, yeah. who the fuck is this yeah, fuck I fucking hate him. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought... What we should do is have an ongoing segment on the show where every so often we just introduce you to somebody that we talk about on the show and point out why they're fucktards. Many of the reasons, you know, give you some history and some background on them and why we think they're assholes. So because Matt had mentioned that about Dave Dobbenmeyer a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And he has been featured prominently in the last couple episodes. I thought he was the prime candidate. For having me do this bit of yeah. know thine enemy. Because mm -hmm. not only are we curious about this guy, many of you probably are too. Yeah. So I did uh, quite a bit of research on this guy um, throughout the week, mostly today. But <laughs> but read a metric fuck ton about this guy. And many of you may remember him as being a London high school football coach who used to have all of his players pray London not for the games London high school uh, I can't remember there's a new London in Wisconsin no it's not Wisconsin anyway uh so he would have his players pray before the games yeah. and the ACLU stepped in and filed suit against the school he wouldn't back down wouldn't back down school ended up um settling he frames it as the ACLU relenting, never mentioning once on any of his bios anywhere that I could find that the school district ended up paying, I think it was $18,000 in uh, court and attorney's fees, and that Dobbenmeyer resigned his position 
as the football coach before moving on to his lucrative and illustrious career as a Christian talk radio host with a show called Salty Pass the Salt. Ah, does that have which I'm guessing is a reference to Sodom and Gomorrah? No, who's Whose wife turned yeah, looked and over Gamora her shoulder? When, Lot, Lot's, yeah, Lot's when Lot's wife turned yeah. and looked over her shoulder as, at the, at, at, as the cities so were being, being ruined just, yeah. and was turned into a yeah. pillar of salt. And so, yes, I'm I'm guessing that's you know the the title of his show is an homage to yeah. that. But one thing I kind of want to do because he's got his trademark red and blue hat with a cross on it. Uh huh. I want to get the same hat with the cross upside down. Oh yes. Yes, that'd be cool. I actually did a, a look, and uh, Shalise Blythe, if you're listening to this, or Lucian, if you're listening to this, make some fucking satanic hats. <laughs> some satanic baseball hats? Yeah. I mean, there's there was a beanie I found that uh-huh. the Satanic Temple makes, uh-huh. but I like to wear baseball caps in the summer because I'm bald. And I like burns. to wear them, too, while I'm out golfing and, because I'm my hair is very thin and fine. And, and I was looking for a baseball cap I could buy that might... I would wear the fuck yeah, out of a TST to, baseball cap. To represent them and to piss off all the fucking Mormons around here. Oh, yeah. I always I always wear, like, the little atheist pin yeah. on my hat. But fucking most people think it means I'm an Alabama uh, fan, so. Yeah, but all I could find were some really shitty hats on uh, Cafe Press. Hmm. So they need, to, they need to make some hats. Hmm. Dobbin Meyer's from Hebron, Ohio. Hebron, okay. Ohio. That's where he's from. London, Ohio. Uh, High school. But in, in doing, in doing all of the research and reading all of this stuff, I ran across a website that I will definitely be using as a resource in the future as we have this segment continuing. Uh, the website is americanloons.blogspot.com. Which I think is fucking hilarious. And apparently it's just a, it's just a, an amalgamation, uh, uh, crazies, uh, Compendium, a mix, a gathering, a gaggle, mm-hmm. a collection, a cohort of of, of posts about people on the right wing who are just uh, giant assholes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of which Mr. Dave Dobbenmeyer is number six hundred seven. That's that just lets you know how many are out there. <laughs> and he was number six hundred and seven in two thousand thirteen. Correct. Uh, so I'm just going to read directly from their website here. Uh, this is posted June 21st of 2013, number 607, Dave Dobbenmeyer, a.k.a. AKA Coach Dobbenmeyer, a.k.a. your friendly neighborhood demagogue. Hmm. Coach Dobbenmeyer is a former high school c- football coach who ran into some career trouble in the late 1990s for coercing his students to pray. He was sued by the ACLU, though according to himself, quote, the ACLU relented and offered Coach an out-of-court settlement. God honored his stand and the ACLU backed off, which sort of fa- which sort of fails to mention the fact that the court ordered Dobbenmeyer to stop leading religious activities at the school and that the school board paid an $18,000 settlement. But Dobbenmeyer is a traditional liar for Jesus, <laughs> so you wouldn't expect much honesty from that source. As a result of the experience, Coach heard the call to move out of coaching a high school team to the job of coaching God's team is not entirely accurate either. I mean, uh, did they have enough players to field a, like, a football team or, like, a... Sure, well, they could do a football team with a I couple mean, replacements thrown in there. Do some Ironman football. Yeah, but, I mean, only angels can compete. 
And wouldn't God be the actual coach? What? <laughs> why, why, can, why, why can only angels compete? Because it's and not. And how? Yeah. And how? Because they're the only ones that actually, <laughs> And how, mister? <laughs> I mean, you have to be from the hometown. Uh, what home? What is the hometown that I the say, angels are from? the salt. Well, they're, they're, they're <laughs> the immortal ones up there. I, did you yeah. mention that this team would have to be playing in heaven? Yeah. Did you? No. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of his. That was part of his mind roadmap. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> are you sure he's your favorite, Allie? <laughs> okay, back on track. Going back, going back to the American Loons website. Well, Dobbenmeyer has built his entire post-coaching career on telling people how his First Amendment rights were violated by the Constitution. And on running the ministry he founded, Pass the Salt Ministries, no kidding, Pass the Salt is perhaps most famous for hosting the right-wing conference, A Gathering of Eagles, promoted, oh God. promoted as a non-political event. Bullshit. Designed to educate Christians about the great moral issues facing this country, such as the gay agenda, abortion, individual liberty, hate crime legislation, and the religion of secular humanism. Yeah, none of that's political in any way. <laughs> and I, th- I find it funny how it's like individual liberalism. How dare they think for themselves? <laughs> a gathering of, what was it? The, a gathering of eagles. eagles. Yeah. God. Which does not sound distinctly <laughs> non-political, but there you go. Guests right, included exactly. several famous nonpartisan Christians, such as Flip Benham, Rick Scarborough, and <laughs> Peter LaBarbera. Uh-huh. Meyer also runs something called Minutemen United. Is that a militia? Sounds like it. Yeah. A group of people who disrupts church services to proclaim their anti-gay stance. Ah. What the? Those activities have landed him several high-profile television appearances where he has attempted to chime in on the Freshwater case and portray himself as your humble... Friendly servant of God. I just love how all the historical, you know, honorable groups from my fucking state have been taken over by these assholes. Fucking <laughs> Tea Party, Minutemen, all this bullshit. You're not doing anything like what they were doing. <laughs> no. <laughs> he also advocates revolution to obliterate the distinction between church and state and is apparently a big fan of David Barton's dominionist mangling of history. Then move to oh. Iran. They, yeah. don't have, they don't have a separation there. Move there. <laughs> now, Dobbenmeyer asserts that he's not homophobic. Bullshit. I'm not homo-hateful. Right. Right. I'm not homo-latent. I'm homo-nauseous. <laughs> I really couldn't care less when or, where a man desires to put his appendage, but I'm sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of it being force-fed me on TV. Really? Ugh. Which would at least... Well, if you stop watching gay porn. <laughs> Which would have at least made slightly more sense if Dobbenmeyer hadn't so tirelessly talked about it and weren't so all-consumingly obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One wonders how he squares being tired of the debate with his repeated calls on Obama to come clean and admit that he is gay. <laughs> as well I as just ad- hope he is so bad. <laughs> as well as admit that he is a socialist who is trying to destroy the economy and that he is not really a Christian. Oh, the economy that he fucking Saved. fixed from Bush? Uh-huh. That one that he's trying to destroy? Obama is apparently also a sociopath. Ah. 
possible, then, but then he complains that people say that he says stupid shit. <laughs> well, I would agree. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> he didn't quite get through the Jason Collins affair with his dignity intact either. Dobbenmeyer was predictably outraged that Obama supported him. He also boldly declared that he hates homosexuality. What a what a brave guy. Oh, yeah. Which apparently must be consistent with being not homo hateful. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Primarily, one supposes in virtue of the lying for Jesus discourse mandate he seems to possess. Yep. He furthermore claimed that homosexuality only exists because men like you and men like me are letting it go on and won't stand up and push back and say anything about it. Because there's surely a shortage of rabid bigots fuming about homosexuality at the moment. <laughs> so here's an interesting thought, <clears throat> Mr. Dobbenmeyer. Don't know if you've actually read the entire story about Lot, uh, for which your ministry is named. But the angels of God that came down wanted to rape the men. Yeah. Rape the men. They wanted to rape the men. So... But homo he's angels. like, no, just rape my daughters instead. Yeah, Lot was the one that offered them homo or heterosexual, <laughs> uh, although probably pedophilic. I don't know. Well, but it, still non-consensual issue. But the angels themselves wanted the men. Yeah. So, you know, maybe could have picked a better story to name your ministry after if you hate gays so much. Or well, maybe I'm it's not- a sign. I don't know. I'm not know. trying to be homophobic, but I rarely see a straight guy walking around with wings on. Wait, was it that the men wanted to rape the angels or that the men – or that the angels wanted to rape the men? I thought it was that the men wanted to rape the angels. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then why and, was – And Lot said, no, don't rape the angels. Rape my daughters instead. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Did I say it the other way around? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but the men wanted to rape the angels. Lot said, no, no, no. Rape Ra- my Yeah, have, have my virgin daughters. Don't, yeah, don't, don't rape <clears throat> these descendants from heaven. Yes. Rape my daughters instead, because they're Which just is, property it anyway. Makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the story that you've picked to name your ministry after. So one of the more <laughs> one of the more interesting facts I learned about Dave Dobbenmeyer while doing this today, ooh, was that his son has been convicted of child pornography. Very Christian. Yeah, yeah, and it. We're. I think we're gonna do uh, a segment of Dave Dobbenmeyer talking a bit later, but I no. thought it was particularly heinous because in this clip of Dobbenmeyer, he's talking about he knows that his daughters are not lesbians and will not become lesbians, even though, even though they play <laughs> softball. Oh, oh, that God. is a gateway drug because to licking a lot of puss. That is a gateway drug, all right. <laughs> because his daughters <laughs> do not have short haircuts, nor do they have wide bottoms. And he's kept an eye on them. What? So they don't have good birthing hips. And that is why they're not lesbians. So he's kept a good eye on them. They don't have short haircuts. And they don't have butts. wide bottoms. Yeah. And so they will not become lesbians. I wonder where he went astray in allowing his son to download, share, Man. and trade child pornography for a time span of more than five years. Well, it was a family business. Before he was caught because apparently something went awry with the family computer. The elder Dobbenmeyer took it into a computer repair store and the tech found all of these child pornography images and videos on the computer, reported it to the authorities, who then tracked it back to the Dobbenmeyer household. The son 
admitted that he was the one who had done it over a period of more than five years. And by all accounts, his son is now reformed. He went through several years of psychotherapy, got help for himself, attended law school, and has attempted to take the state bar exam and has been barred from the bar uh at least twice when he has applied to take it um the the one article i saw i believe said that he will be eligible to reapply to take the bar exam in june or july of 2018 yeah always seems to be the most common with uh with oppressive religious parents isn't it that was actually part of actually i'm going to i'm going to pause this for just a second okay bye Believe that. Okay, so ah, part of okay. the the younger Dobbin Myers counseling yeah. is that his therapist, uh, Dr. Risen, testified that the focus of Dobbin Myers therapy was to identify and help him understand what led him to view child pornography. Based on her treatment, she believed that there were two primary issues. And I'm reading this from a document supplied directly from the Supreme Court of Ohio, from the Supreme Court dot ohio dot gov website where Dobbin where they're discussing Dobbin Meyer yeah. applying to yeah. take the bar exam public record um, uh, based on her treatment she believed that there were two primary issues first she believed that his repressed upbringing caused him to seek sexual experience vicariously rather than engaging in age appropriate sexual conduct mm-hmm. we hear that shit over yeah. and over mm-hmm. and yeah. over again from these uptight sexually repressed Christian families. She also found that he had developed anger toward and resentment of his father, who had set high standards for him, and who would have been subject to embarrassment if he failed to live up to those expectations. Risen expressed her professional opinion that Dobbin Meyer, one, does not suffer from a sexual or deviance disorder, two, is very unlikely to engage in the conduct that led to his conviction in the future, three, does not require additional therapy for sexual issues, and four, is fit to engage in the practice of law. She noted that Dobbin Meyer suffers from an anxiety disorder that is managed with medication and is unrelated to his misconduct. The panel, the panel reviewing his bar yeah. request, found Risen's testimony to be very credible. Well, I hope that's true, but it's also kind of sad. Yeah, it's, I mean... He's, he's a product of the environment in which he grew up in. Yeah. So it's not, I mean, it's, yes, what he did is very wrong, but it's also, you kind of got to lay a little bit of blame on the family. Well, yeah, I mean, his therapist came he, right out and said, said yeah, his they're fucking, the reason why. His asshole dad. Yeah. yeah. His asshole dad being so repressive and living in that repressive home is a large part of why he acted out and mm-hmm. ended up ended up in the dark corners of the internet. Yeah. But sometimes it goes the, the exact opposite where it's the male in the family is not criticized as much for, you know, sexual endeavors, but the woman is. Well, they're they're getting because plenty if she of, gets pregnant, it's going to bring shame upon the family and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I so guarantee they're getting plenty. Legs. He's keeping a track on how wide their hips are. Well, yeah, but does he let them wear flannel? Ooh. <laughs> Can they drive Subarus? <laughs> are they allowed to move to a farm and vote Democrat? <laughs> <laughs> we still need to decide on the number. <laughs> We still need to decide on a number of patrons before we're going to release. I was just going to sneak a little a little taste in there of that one. Just a little taste. 
Uh, that was a nice callback. That was, that was really good. <laughs> so, thus concludes this bit of Know Thine Enemy. Yes. On Mr. Dave Dobbenmeyer. Very well good. Well done. Uh, if, if you have a preferred person that you want us to, to do a little bit of history to, and background research on. spotlight. Yeah. Let us know. We'd be happy to do that. Or I'd be happy to do that. Because yeah. it's fucking awesome, you know. Telling, telling you more about why we think these hypocritical religious bigots are fucking assholes. And depending on how much training I got to do at work, I'm more than happy to research. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of fun. So, moving on. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. About a bowl of chili. Hot one. Be right there. Antichrist will be a woman in a man's body with seven heads and seven tails. Ain't that to go. Hi, this is Justin Schieber, formerly of the Reasonable Doubts podcast and currently of Real A Theology, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. So we just talked about Dobbin Meyer in our Know Thine Enemy segment. Yeah. And I mentioned this clip that we're going to be talking about here where he made sure that his daughters didn't become lesbians. This is this is really some heinous stuff. And uh, this particular clip was actually called to my attention from Matt Dillahunty's wife, Beth, Beth okay. Presswood. Yeah. Posted about this earlier today. And just coincidentally, it was in the middle of me doing all of my research on uh, Dave Dobbenmeyer. So I made a couple comments about it. Fuck and, him. Yeah. Uh, but let's just, uh, hear what, hear what Coach T Hat has to say about stuff and things. Dare I say it? No. Lesbians recruit. <laughs> you go to your local, my two daughters, our two daughters played college softball. Oh, he's so progressive. Our two daughters. <laughs> yeah. He corrected himself. My two daughters. No, no, wait. My wife's something. Oh, Our she, two daughters. See? She did She did some part of this, I think. Yeah. College softball. One played at Hillsdale College. The other played at Marietta College. They were both accomplished players. And Good for you. Games, I kept an eye on my daughters to see if they'd taken the homo bait yet. There you go. Oh. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Can you find that at Pete's at Pete's shop or fishing joint? Like <laughs> yeah. it comes in it comes in the little jars. It's like cheese kind of squishy stuff. I'm wondering oh, what it looks like. The homo bait. <laughs> Cheese kind of squishy stuff. <laughs> I'm thinking of that fucking like garlic cheese oh. fish bait stuff. <laughs> power bait. Yeah, power bait. Thank you. The sparkly kind, or that smelled. It always smelled. No, so not not for lesbians. Not it doesn't have glitter in it. No, uh, that's that's the for glitter, the drinks. Yeah. Oh, it's a softball. Yeah, it's just a flannel <laughs> softball. Yeah, just a plaid softball. Yeah. <laughs> it's coated. <laughs> bait. Yeah. There you go. Right wing watch. <laughs> which is oh. funny because i got this from right wing watch too. funny the, the that's the source for this particular video to see if they've been ta- they'd taken the homo bait yet and they hadn't they didn't have to if they Dude. had do you think that they would fucking tell this asshole yeah. no kidding like they I, I know my dad will beat my fucking ass if i bring home a right. girlfriend right 
that's fuck. I've mentioned this on the show before that I that I have family members that I know are gay or lesbian. And so many people in my family either have no fucking idea or won't talk about mm-hmm. it at all because then they would have to acknowledge that fact, yeah, right? Yeah. And my gay family members would would have to out themselves to somebody who they know is going to be a gigantic yeah. fucking asshole about it. And what's his plan? That he's he's so afraid of this happening that he's going to try to just browbeat for years this idea that they better not ever that I just hopefully I can beat the hetero into them or because because his other option is that they're going to say, okay, well, I can't fight these feelings anymore. No, but I can't fight these <laughs> I feelings. Can't fight these feelings <laughs> and then they're going to not be his daughters anymore. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. They'll forget what they're because he's what they even started fighting yeah. for. <laughs> oh, God. All I got to say is I'm so glad I grew up, grew up in a very loving, <laughs> open family that was very yes. accepting and not fucking homophobic. Yeah, thanks. Whack man. jobs, but but lucky. But, but this this guy's goal and others like him seem to be. I don't give a fuck if this child of mine is going to be a sweet child of mine is going to be in my life anymore. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. <laughs> uh, but uh, gee, I don't even listen to music that much. Uh, but apparently, it's all eighties when I do. Uh, he doesn't even care. Uh, He's just he's just happy to say goodbye. Yeah, apparently, and not hello goodbye, just <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Never wants to say goodbye. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but no, it kills me because if his daughters were lesbians, I'm sure that they would know that they can't fucking yeah. talk to their dad about it. Of course, so, and not. how sad and disappointing for everyone involved because they can't be their genuine selves around him, yeah. and he will never know. His daughters as much as he could because he's such a fucking yeah. bigot, right? Because they weren't cropped haired, wide bottom girl. They're no, gee, oh, no. they're Christian girls. No Christian girls have short. Wait, did he say hair Christian? I bottom. thought he said they're yeah. pretty girls. No, he said they're because they're Christian girls. Pretty girls. Oh no, oh, you're right. He said, women. Yeah, he they said pretty girls. Sorry, you're right. I'm telling mommies right now who are watching this show right now, daddies, you listen to me. Mommies and daddies. Yeah, I wonder why your kid has a child porn problem. <laughs> you talk like a fucking toddler. Jesus. If your daughters are good athletes, you better cover them in prayer. Because oh my god! So only because athletes all, are because lesbians. all good women athletes are lesbians typically, or the vast majority of them for sure. I tell you what, cover them in prayer, burkas. My sister is not coordinated at all. <laughs> I hope she's not listening. Oh, if she's listening, she's probably like, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> she'll admit it. <laughs> you better cover them in prayer because. The recruiting that goes on, the pressure that goes on to be one of the girls is so much stronger than God. Yeah. There's enormous pressure. Listen to me. Two men laying in bed having sex. Huh? It ain't equal with my wife and I and the couple. Is this something that he thinks about a whole lot? I guess Wait, so. Two guys he, laying in bed having he sex? He fantasizes about two guys laying in bed while he's laying in bed with his wife and saying it's not equal because his wife won't have sex with him. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm interested in. It's not equal between my wife and I? Like, he put, he imposes his will? Is that what he's... I, 
don't know. Whoa, excuse huh, me. Sorry, it ain't bro. equal with my wife and I and the covenant of marriage. It ain't equal. Do you understand, folks? No. Ain't, that ain't equal. I don't understand. That ain't equal. What, what the are, fuck you, are talking you talking about? about? I, don't, I don't know either. It ain't equal. Uh, okay. You're so much better? What do you mean? You're superior? We know you think that. What? What are you talking about? Well, clearly, it's not the same. I mean, you have people of differing genders or people yeah. of the same gender, yeah. but th- what the fuck do you mean it's not equal? Define equal for me. What do you mean by using the word equal in this context? Yeah, big shocker. You've been a fucking high school football coach and you're a Christian, dumbass. What are you talking about? Hello? Is it me you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is it me <laughs> God damn it. That ain't equal. I'm just saying it four times so the Daily Coast can pick it up clearly. Yeah, well, that ain't equal. We don't know what you mean. Yeah, we. it's definitely not clear. Yeah, I think it's hilarious that he knows that all of these news outlets <laughs> yeah. do like, like post, look at what this fucking asshole yeah. said. Yeah, and he still can't get it right. <laughs> because if two men having sex is equal, then sooner it'll be a man and a dog having sex. <laughs> oh, don't go, don't go Puritan on me. Um, what? What? Oh, Puritan. I'm so fucking tired of hearing this argument. I a see. dog cannot give consent. Exactly. I see. I see. What? What he's trying to say is that now that same-sex marriage is legal, they're on equal footing with with uh, different. Se- that's that's why they're equal. But me and my wife having sex—that's uh, not equal. What she's making—that's not the same as gay sex. I got you. What, dude? Cunt. You were a high school teacher. Are you fucking kidding me? You couldn't even teach an elementary school how to speak, dude. Mm. I yeah. If okay. if that's what he means, but I only, I'm only picking this sense. up from context. But yeah. it's 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 tough. And then he jumped right into the slippery slope fallacy. Yeah. Then it'll be a man and four men, and that'll be equal, and everything will be equal, and it's everything's an equal orgy. because I tell you why the church and the leaders in our churches they don't believe a daggone thing anymore. They don't stand for nothing anymore. They don't stand for nothing. They do stand they for stand, a blowjob by a twelve-year-old boy. Does that mean they stand for everything? Yeah. So what something do they stand for? Yeah. They don't stand <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> so they must stand for everything. Is that? No, they, everything is, is 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 something or something, yeah, huh? Hmm. And we're going to have to reach the point where we are going to decide: are we on God's side or are we not on God's side? Definitely not. No, no not not which on... God, which God, and which side? <laughs> I I stand on the side of reality. Yeah. Or are we not on God's side? And we're not going to be able to take the rules of God and change them which to rules? fit the society in which we live. Oh, we the rules you're changing? We cannot say times have changed, therefore those old laws don't apply anymore. Correct. We they... cannot do that. And we oh. just read about it in Titus. You better figure out. Which... So he what? so he just wants to live with the same rules they had in ancient Judea forever. Right. I mean, Minnesota used to have a they, law that you couldn't tie your alligator up to the guard to a to a fence post. I mean, that's horrible. Are you can't gator? change that rule. Yeah. Are there alligators in Minnesota? No, no. So uh, I don't know why no. it was. That's why it was funny. I remember that one because there used to be a state law in Minnesota that said you couldn't you couldn't leave your alligator like <laughs> leached up to a fence post. <laughs> the, well, the funny part is that you know that had to have happened at least once. Right? Yeah, Before someone to create someone, legislation. Someone went downtown to the bar and leashed their alligator <laughs> up to a post outside the bar to go in there, and it probably fucking ate a kid. Somebody's like, you know, we should probably make a law <laughs> well, about against this. that. 
Titus, you better figure out which side you're on and what it is that you're going to believe because we are in a war. Here you go, Daily Coast. <laughs> Again, calling out specific news thing. So does he uh, think that you can just pick whatever you're going to believe? Yes. You can just no. pick and choose. Well, I think in his mind you have to follow the Bible, but within that he's going to pick and choose out of the Bible and which parts he is relevant or irrelevant. They all do that. Yes. They all do that. But he is saying you gotta decide if you're on God's side or not. Then so you gotta he's, pick he's up. saying it is conscious. It's a conscious choice, you know, to I don't know why I said choice so weird, but he he's he at least thinks that that's something yeah. we have the control of. Yeah. You know, but hmm. And the homosexual agenda is out to recruit your grandchild. What? I don't have any grandchildren yet. <laughs> Neither do I. I don't have any children. I know of. <laughs> yeah. I, I, is, is, this his, is this his feeble attempt to connect homosexuality to pedophilia? Probably. Well, I wonder how many people are out there to recruit for the straight side. Because, because thinking about I never, it, I never, I never met a recruiter. <laughs> I have yet to meet a right. recruiter to say, "Hey, guess what? Women are fucking awesome. It's because, have sex with it's them." Because naturally, everybody is is heterosexual. Ryan, you have to be recruited into being but, gay, which kind of but you know, begs the question of who was the first person to be gay, true, and how are they recruited? Yeah, but still, and why would if it's a choice? Why would people pick that? And you get yeah. you're making you're, you're making a choice. You you need a recruiter to decide which choice is better. Air Force. Well, true because we got better <laughs> living accommodations, dude. But when when people already have like if you're if like he thinks you're born straight, dude. I remember being a kid and trying to get people to like cherry instead of grape. Can't do it. No. You can't do it. When somebody makes up their mind, they don't care what you have to say. They're like, no, I'm fine with grape. I don't care. Grape's fucking nasty, dude. Try this yeah. cherry. It's so much better. I'm, I'm on, no, I'm on I'm your good. side. I'm good. I, don't, I fucking I don't. love cherries. It's better, but still, you can't get someone to change their mind about that. Well, and it's Even a personal kids. preference, right? I mean, yeah. you, can't, yeah. you, can't, you can't pick your preference. Yeah. So if someone's born straight, how the fuck are you going to say, well, oh, I know you already have all these thoughts and feelings and preferences, but- Try this one other thing that's totally opposite, and then they're going to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Well, no, you'll never, ever do that. I'm willing to bet that Dan got pulled in by a grape recruiter, so we need to beat his fucking ass. I think so. I like grape. <laughs> See? The grape recruiter got to him. He's openly grape. He's openly grape. He is not equal, not equal, not equal, He's a grape not recruiter. Equal. I will guys, say it four times. You guys in your binary grape cherry choices, <laughs> fuck you both. I like orange. <laughs> oh, Oh, now he's going to swing that Trump way. Trump supporter. You know what the Bible says about orange. <laughs> that's, that's, was it orange or Cheeto? Who? Trump. Both. Don Cheeto? He yeah. is Don Cheeto. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. Oh. Hey, yes. Am, I, am I a prophesizer? Oh my did I, goodness. Did I, how is it that Cheeto. we're just now putting this together? I oh, prophesized it. I prophesized the Don Cheeto. <laughs> so amazing. And nobody Holy knows what we're shit. talking about. It's the lost episode. The lost episode of Don Cheeto. Because God erased it because he didn't want us to have the truth. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. Let's finish up this fucking All movie. right. I'm fucking Nostradamus, bitch. You're Nostradamus. Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun one. Child. 
That's why they're teaching it in the schools. That's why they're teaching it in, in the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts. And They're teaching homosexuality in the schools and the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts? You yeah. are a teacher! <laughs> you got to get the recruiting young. Well, if anybody gotta, would know, it would be him, right? Because he was a teacher. I guess. You got to start recruiting young. <laughs> who? Oh, my God. Who? Who is a teacher and thinks this way? Is is he? Oh, I don't want to. Well, Never the Girl mind. Scouts with those cookies. I mean, I'm surprised I'm not gay. That's a recruiting strategy, right? With the cookies, the the the, the drugs and the cookies. Well, they do put the secret chemicals in. Yeah, them. yeah. They're <laughs> that make you crave it fortnightly, smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> they are good. Yeah, they're like you will love Samoans. No mint. Uh huh. Thin mints. Thin mint. Oh, my. Oh, no wide-bottom mints with close yeah, crop no, haircuts. Hell no. yeah. Keep them thin, <laughs> make them minty, and freeze them. <laughs> and the Boy Scouts and Disney and everywhere oh, Disney. you look, they are trying to recruit. They have to recruit. They can't reproduce. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, what the? I guess you. I, uh, I mean, that's logically consistent. If they can't reproduce, then they have to recruit. Then they have to recruit new members. But it's not. It doesn't. It just still doesn't fucking work. It's twistedly logically consistent. It is consistent. It's just not at all the way it works. It's no. It it, to- it totally negates. I mean, it it doesn't even take into account biology at all. It's like saying if redheads never reproduce, we no longer have redheads when it could be a gene that someone is carrying. It's just not a predominant one in their family. So, boom, they have a redhead. Boom, you got a gay kid. Boom, you got a gay kid. Boom, still got it. Boom, goes a dynamite. <laughs> well, I mean, and even if, it, even if it could be proven that it was genetic, there's, there's a lot of people, especially before now, that haven't been able to be open or haven't accepted that they're yeah, gay. yeah. Until after they have a hetero relationship where they do reproduce, you know. So I mean, gay people have produ- reproduced, of, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. There, there was an entire show on the news about gay Mormons who decide that they're going to suppress their homosexual <laughs> wants and preferences in order to live a more godly lifestyle. Yeah, and so they'll marry someone they're of just- the opposite sex and. and Try to have kids and everything. And, well, and it's how sad and depressing for yeah. both people involved. But yeah. that's a big issue with the recruiting there because now you get a gay Mormon who is told to have a lot of fucking kids producing nothing but gay fucking Mormons who are going to produce more gay Mormons. And really, why – so this just this just occurred to me. Why is it that so many religious people are so up in arms about gay people getting together and 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 – Getting married, right? Because, like he said, they can't reproduce by themselves. Yeah. So you should want them to. So you would think that rather than forcing them into a heterosexual marriage or relationship where they would multiply and possibly pass on their gay genes yeah. to someone else, no, let all the gay people just get together. Why are they so fucking upset by this? And why is it any of their fucking business? It, it isn't. They're just mad they can't. Uh, I mean, because 50 years ago, you could have locked them up in a fucking asylum. Why are they so fucking concerned with what other people do in the privacy of their own homes? Or even in public, if they want to hold hands, kiss, yeah. whatever. Why are th- why is that so fucking upsetting to them? Because you got to have faith, faith. faith. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't understand it, really. Why? <coughs> what drives them to be such fucking assholes? I don't about? know. I don't know. The church. It's none of their goddamn business. Nobody goes into their yeah. house. Nobody walks over to them and says, stop kissing your wife. That makes me sick. It's disgusting. Yeah. What makes, well, what makes them think that any of that matters to that? I, yeah. I don't, I don't understand they, either. They go to church on Sunday and their preacher tells them it matters and he tells them to go fight against it. So they do it. Yeah. yeah I don't understand I it. I am Jim Helton, Regional Director for American Atheists and President of the Tri-State Freethinkers, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. And why, why should they take offense that I don't believe in their God or any other God? And I'd say to them, you know, tell me the reasons why you don't believe in all the other gods, and that's the reason I don't believe in yours. And uh, I've got nothing against people believing in God at all, you know. Um, uh, in, in fact, if, if it, you know, did make you a kinder person, if you only did good things in his name, mm. then great, you know, but there's the rub. Uh, it's when uh, I see some of these religious fundamentalists saying that um, they've told their five-year-old children that if they turn out gay, they will burn in hell. Mm. That, to me, is child abuse. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! I waited until Matt took a sip of his beer to say that we have a what matters. Yeah. Why did you wait for that? <laughs> so, so you wouldn't spit it out. <laughs> because I was going to just toss it to you and you had a mouthful of beer. Yeah. So. Oh. I do have a what matters. I wanted to – I had to put something together on Trump and his ego. <sighs> You had to? Yeah, I had to. We made it almost yeah. all show without bringing up the fucking crusty Cheeto. But we mentioned him in the last bit. There's, yeah, we did. Yeah. There's so much for me, especially to be angry about in the world and just in life generally. I'm making a new awkward attempt at a what matters lighter side. Oh, yeah? What? Lighter side? And it's about Trump? So we'll see how it goes. But I'm okay. going to need all of your full support. Okay. Um, <laughs> Chiming in with laughter and clappings? We shall see. Well, I just mean the listeners. Oh, okay. Just bear with me. It's my right. first lighter side attempt. I can write intense stuff easily, but... I was gonna. I was getting ready to do a giddy laugh. <clears throat> sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh perfect. That'll be... <laughs> fucking creepy. That <laughs> will be perfect. Um, I want to start with a quote from a comedian, John Mulaney. Yes. He's funny. He he is very funny. If you haven't uh, heard of him, you should go check out all of his, his stuff. His delivery is awesome. Yes, yeah. and I won't be able to do it, but uh, he says, to me, Donald Trump is not a rich man. Donald Trump is like what a hobo imagines a rich man to be. Like Trump was walking around under an underpass, and he heard some guy like, oh, as soon as my number comes in, I'm going to put up tall buildings with my name on them. In gold. I'll have fine <laughs> golden hair. And a TV show where I fired Gene Simmons with my children. <laughs> and Trump was like, that is how I will live my life. So thank you, John Mulaney. In the spirit of the Donald's ridiculous birther advocacy with President Obama, it occurred to me that Trump's hair has yet to declare for the presidency. And until it provides proof, we can't consider this presidency legitimate. But of course, President Obama was born in America, and unfortunately, so was Donald Trump. Trump is a literal internet troll for president who looks like a blow-dried Garfield the cat perched atop a 70-year-old shrink-wrapped Rick Astley, and the whole world is being Trump-rolled. That's a good one. <laughs> Thank you. 
Now we're all stuck with this real-life troll doll giving embarrassing press conferences and flying around the world in Hair Force One for the next four <laughs> years at least. <laughs> and now I've got that fucking song stuck in my head. <laughs> the Nelly one? No, the Rick Astley. Like, all oh, you yeah, have to yeah, say yeah. is Rick Astley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's never going to give you up, Dan. <laughs> The alt-right alternative facts icon is now the most powerful man in the world. But at least he'll keep his promise to drain the swamp because there are some real fracking opportunities there. Ooh. And by getting rid of all the old politicians who are not connected to Goldman Sachs. Mm. I'm sure you're aware of at least a few of his appointments. Trump's chief strategist is the shaved cowardly lion with cirrhosis, Steve Bannon. Everyone's favorite attorney general, the Confederate infant, Mr. Magoo, Jeff Session. <laughs> mm -hmm. As head of the Treasury, the evil bizarro Where's Waldo, Steve Mnuchin. And of course, with Kellyanne Conway in the White House, we now have no way to keep crows off of our crops. <laughs> How did this happen? Trump's rallies were peppered with Nazi salutes and Sieg Heils throughout his campaign. To which Trump responded by saying, there's no place for that here. Save it for my inauguration. <laughs> but that didn't deter vote. That didn't deter voters. Rather, it seems to have exposed a much larger racism problem that already existed within the U.S. public. Trump's election was a statement by white nationalism driven by Trump's unbridled ego. For example, Trump has claimed victory in nearly every disastrous situation that's come up since his administration took office. But I'd have to imagine his proudest moment was moving into the White House and evicting a black family from their home. But still, some say that Trump really isn't really racist, but I'm not so sure. He's had something negative to say about almost every person of color, except John Boehner. Yeah, suck it, Boehner. <laughs> I, know, I know he's still, I know he's not relevant, but I reached back. Well, he hasn't said anything about him because he's also orange. Mm. True, true. Tribalism. Uh, <laughs> But beyond that, uh, Donald has the support of neo-Nazi groups and the KKK, which hurts his not-racist case, but also it's a little ironic because the only thing Trump does liberally is apply bronzer. <laughs> He's the most colored white person since Rachel Dolezal. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he isn't racist, Trump certainly is obsessed with people coming and going from this country. And since he's not as eloquent as Ryan, hey. it's, <laughs> it's possible we've been mishearing him. Perhaps what Trump's actually been saying all along is that he'll make America migrate again. And I'd be willing to bet that Trump thinks Roe versus Wade are just the two most popular ways people come to America. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> not to mention the fact that if you're black, you literally have to be a brain surgeon to get a Trump cabinet position. <laughs> <laughs> Whether Trump is actually racist or just plays a racist character doesn't really matter. It's having the same negative effect. And whether or not he's acting the part also doesn't change the fact that he clearly lacks a certain dignity most of our past presidents have had. Remember Theodore Roosevelt, the guy who spoke softly and carried a big stick? Donald Trump rants loudly and carries a big shtick. <laughs> and a part of that big shtick is, is being far right on issues he never cared about before, simply to toe the party line. For example, uh, Trump has been more or less on the side of a woman's right to choose before his campaign, but has recently come out in favor of shutting down Planned Parenthood. But there are currently no plans for Trump to turn Planned Parenthood into casinos and run them himself, so for now they appear to be safe. Speaking of bankruptcies, Trump won the state of Nevada, which shouldn't be surprising that he did well 
uh, among those who risk everything only to regret it the next day. (laughs) But after his win, Trump said that he loves the poorly educated. He's appointed Betsy DeVos to uh, Department of Education to ensure there are more of them in 2020. But what a poor planner he is. If he really wanted to destroy the Department of Education, he could have just renamed it Trump University. (laughs) But I should say honestly that it is a truly uh, American dream story that a person could be a self-made billionaire and become a famous real estate mogul. And I should give credit for that. So congratulations, Fred Trump. (laughs) (laughs) But Fred's son, Donald, is no successful businessman. He lost almost a billion dollars in 1995. That's equivalent to losing the entire GDP of, an, of the island nation of Granada. No, Donald is more like a creepy, real-life King Midas. He lives in a place so gaudy it would embarrass the Pope, and so gold-encrusted, he must have the same palace designer as Saddam Hussein. Mm. <laughs> Even reports coming out of Russia are saying that Trump prefers his showers to be golden. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. But I don't have to use dubious reports to make judgments on Trump's, Trump's sexuality. He's even weighed in on that. Years ago, Trump said that if he wasn't Ivanka's father, perhaps he'd be dating her. Trump's got the libido of Bill Clinton, but the tact of Bill Cosby. Without the roofies, of course. (laughs) Allegedly. 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 Which is way worse. That means the pussies are awake for the entire grabbing. (laughs) And Trump uses Viagra because it makes him a little bit taller for about four hours at a time. (laughs) I'll let that one sink in for a second. <laughs> no, I, I got it. I was just like, I, hey, uh, you're, uh, you're making me picture Donald Trump's erection. <laughs> no, it's it makes not... him taller. Oh, okay. Because he's a giant dick. <laughs> <laughs> but these are, these are the few things Trump has said that can even be understood at any level because Trump is entirely ignorant on most issues. When Benjamin Netanyahu came to Washington recently, Trump's answer for the Israel-Palestine conflict was to dismiss that there's a conflict at all by saying that he's in favor of whatever both sides want, prompting the first snicker ever from Israel's Dick Cheney. Mm. But beyond pure ignorance, Trump has completely switched sides on other issues, like abortion, healthcare, minimum wage, marijuana legalization, Planned Parenthood funding, Syrian refugees, federal tax rates, transgender bathrooms, gun-free zones, gun control measures, and war on drugs, and many, many more. The children's game... The ground is lava has more internal logic than the policies Trump tries to explain. (laughs) Only Ron Jeremy changes his position on camera more than Trump. (laughs) (laughs) But what did we expect when we elected a grown-up version of a child emperor? I'm surprised you knew who Ron Jeremy was. We've (laughs) talked about him before. Well, yeah, but Matt... Oh well, I I had I had to think real hard. I'm like, who is a famous porn star? But the one thing that doesn't change about Trump is his self-interest. He's not even loyal to the country that made him. Everyone knows he's not paid anywhere near his share in taxes. But Trump also had a medical deferment during the Vietnam War, but still said that he knows more about war than American generals. This is the same guy who couldn't even win a Twitter battle against uh, Melissa Milano, failed in his tantrum uh, with Megyn Kelly, and still isn't over his feud with Rosie O'Donnell. And to cap off his military expertise, he appointed Soviet General Michael Flinsky. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but he says these things, of course, because of his huge e- ego. That's hard to say those two. Huge, huge ego. ego. Uh, during the debates, Marco Rubio quipped the now famous small hands comment mm. about Trump, which he still hasn't able, been able to forget. Partly because everyone knows that small hands mean small Cheetos, but also because Donald <laughs> Trump is a weak man's vision of a strong man. 
the bad improv character Trump is playing, is masculine and macho in the same sense that specific small Cheeto icons are macho, like huge trucks, tap-out gear, or walking around Walmart with an AR-15. And they appeal to specific men for similar reasons, mainly overcompensation for threats against their virility. Because the sad truth about Trump is that no matter how much he insists that he's tough and mean, not politically correct, and speaking the plain truth, he's desperately, pathetically, caught up in needing all of us to like him. He's strangely paranoid and insecure, but obscenely arrogant. He's the kind of person who goes to NFL games and think the guys in the huddle are talking about him. <laughs> the massive ego of Donald Trump also doesn't allow him to apologize or be humble. He's never wrong, no matter what crazy thing he says. He doesn't pay taxes and makes money by scamming people. He's in a position of authority and wants to fuck his kid. How did he miss his true calling in life as a pastor? <laughs> Trump's ego has also led him to the now infamous quote that he likes people who don't get captured. Mm. What a brutal and careless thing to say. I propose we hold him to this principle and demand that Trump release Melania now. <laughs> <laughs> and we know he can do it. Trump has enough ex-wives that he should have lost the election. But they couldn't vote because none of them are American. Yeah, nobody on the religious right had shit to say about that. Yeah. Right. No, of course not. With all this said of Trump, he's not entirely stupid. He's a socially savvy man with a deep understanding of what stupid people want. And when Trump and his supporters hear all of this, my only hope is they'll be so mad, they'll have blood coming out of there wherever. <laughs> I like it. Thank yeah. You. It was good. That was very good. And I think that'll close out the regular portion of the shoe. The shoe. I think you might be correct. The shoe. The shoe. <laughs> no, I think the shoe. I think that was a <laughs> I think that was a very fitting end to a great episode. Mhm. Mm Thank you. Thank you gents for joining me. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Here in the studio to speak on things and stuff and junk. <laughs> the things that matter. Matt likes, Matt likes to adjust his Matt likes to adjust his microphone it's while my, we're recording. I like to adjust my Cheeto. Hey, well, I had to I had to switch it to never mind. It doesn't matter. They don't care. <laughs> you you all don't know that Matt well, you probably do that he reads from paper and so he's gotta move his microphone around and then when he's done he moves it back. So uh thank you all very much for listening. And we would also very much like to thank our two newest Patreons. Patreons, <laughs> our, our two newest <laughs> patrons through Patreon. We would also like to announce our new, two newest patrons. <laughs> that was very racist. <laughs> what do you mean? That what was, race was I doing? That was very racist. That was very <laughs> just, racist. Just general racism? That was just general you? racism. <laughs> I was actually kind of thinking of that Alex Borstein character from Mad TV she used to do years ago in the 90s. Do you remember oh, that? yeah. yeah. Uh, Mrs. Swan? Yeah. yeah. Mrs. Swan. Yeah. 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 And that was very... He uh, <laughs> looked like a man. I'd like to take a new patrons. <laughs> uh, but we want to we definitely thank our newest patrons, uh, Christy yes. Kalbach and Utah Outcast. Christy Kalbach. What, didn't I say that? I Christy? Say I kind of cut off the end there. Yeah. Christy, Christy Kalbach. She's the one who sent us the email that I yes. read earlier yes. in the show. Yes. Thank you, Christy. And who are the Utah And thank outcasts. you, Utah Who's Outcasts. That? that would be our friend's uh, <laughs> ex. Fine, don't play along. Or Chris. Yeah. Alex and Felicia. Jill. And Jeff is their newest member. Oh, is he? In, and is Kyle. He? Ah. 
Thank you very, very much. Jeff. I knew Jeff had been on there quite a Mr. bit. Mr. Linville uh, is, is a... George? George, yeah, George is on the Utah George. I believe yes. George is a semi-regular regular. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, all right. Everyone should go check out the Utah... All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it is and an thank interesting you, night. And thank you to our continuing patrons, Savid, Andrew, Grant, Wesley, and Taylor. Mm-hmm. You all are fantastic. Thank you very much for your support. I I greatly appreciate it for yes. sure. Until next week. When did, we bring you more awesomeness unless the world gets destroyed by Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. We didn't even cover a lot of the fuckery that mm-hmm. happened this week. If we but. wanted to cover the fuckery that happens, we would be a five hour show. Yeah, they and you know what, they're sick of hearing all that bullshit. They see it all over everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I did get some pretty good feedback on our Michael Flynn stuff. Yeah. From last episode, yeah. so it was, it was a good segment. That'll that'll be interesting as it progresses. So. Mm-hmm. And we we also received a uh, offer of support and research from mm, yes. from someone who would like to remain unnamed. And uh-huh. I thought going forward, we could just refer to them as our unnamed source, shadow researcher, who likes Ooh. to do some some research into things and junk, and is a is a political junkie. Like he's, me. He's our ghost recon. We don't even know that it's a he. They are a unnamed source. Yeah, it's a whole team of them. It's like a <laughs> bunch of monkeys on typewriters. <laughs> <laughs> That's, how do you think I got my What Matters segment I know. this week? <laughs> <laughs> you think I actually researched this Dave Dobbenmeyer shit? Fuck no. Well, <laughs> 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 once again, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, you can reach us. Via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com. By text or voicemail at 33081rebel. You can Twitter the twatter (laughs) at TGR Podcast. Oh, it sounds bad when you say it so slowly. Apparently we have an Instagram that Ryan does sometimes and Meg does sometimes, (laughs) I think. And we're, 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 oh, we also have our own website now that I, have neglected to update for a few weeks now. Yeah, we should definitely plug that. But uh, you can find us all over the place. Just search for The Godless Revolution. That's us. And we'll speak at you next week. We are the only ones. Founded in a hole in 81. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking saw that you taped that up. There, so there. <laughs> it's my sign-off. I never would have remembered that. <laughs>
U.S. inflation. I understand just a little. No comprende, it's a riddle. I'm on a Mexican radio. I'm on a Mexican radio. Yeah. I just like having my mom yell at me because we say dick and cunt too much. <laughs> oh, that's one of the Daryl True you're going to say talking about. I'm just going to get a rooster and like pull a feather out and he's going to go like the roosters do in the morning. You just want to be able to touch your cock while recording. Well, a cock. <laughs> doesn't have to be mine. <laughs> Ooh, inside the, ho- inside the mind of nursing home rapist. Well, who wouldn't want to go there? Yeah, I can't wait. Jesus. <laughs> We're sorry. Well, thank you very much. I learned something. Now why, I won't. Why, now why, I won't. Did, why, why did we start this? Because <laughs> Alex Jones was looking contemplative. Ah. And I thought he looked contemplative. <laughs> and I thought he looked like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big old black voice and a little tiny white man.